Now, friends, different dates mean different things to different people. Today is the last Sunday of November, so if you're a November birthday, you'll be on tenterhooks to know whether or not we've remembered November chocolates for November birthdays. If, like me, you're focused somewhere else, uh, because your birthday isn't in November, you might be thinking, great, it's only a week until Advent Sunday. In which case, we'll have the Advent display out, which um, is amazing this year. Just uh, make sure you come next week to see it. Um, Or like me, you might be thinking, great, it's only 10 days to the next church prayer meeting. And we can have a great time with God together if we all turn up. Um, Or you might be thinking, it's the 26th of November, therefore, it is only four weeks to Christmas Eve. Did you realise that? Four weeks to Christmas Eve. All the shopping will be over. All the presents will be bought. All the kids will be hyper. Or maybe, like Carol, you're thinking, good grief, that means it's only five weeks to the last day of the year, which means we are going to be commissioning those people that are going to move to St. John's. St. John's, I hear you ask, what's St. John's? St. John's Chatham um, is a big old church, 1821 built. No toilets, no heating. Um, No electricity, seats 1,500 people. Um, And Carol has been recruited to fill the place, at least with sound. Um, No pressure. Um, And part of the plan is that we're going to release people from here to um, be part of that new community, uh, which won't initially meet in St. John's, uh, but that's part of the rich fabric of life's challenges. So it's a delight to welcome Carol this morning, who's going to lead us in our sermon. Uh, And as you listen to Carol, of course, be fed by the word and what she has to say, but also think about your part in whether or not God is calling you to be part of that group that moves to St. John's in five weeks' time. And it is only five weeks' time, but you can, you know, make your mind up later on if you need to. But it would be great if we could send uh, and um, we could just be clear about this in by the end of the year. So here we go. Carol, come and join us. Let's pray for you. And um, then we'll let you get on. Move some of the clutter out of the way. Father, thank you for Carol. Thank you for calling her to Chatham. And we ask that you would speak clearly through her this morning. That we would be people who discover again something of that joy of living on this earth. Lord, speak for we are listening. Amen. Thank you. Am I on? It should be on. Yes. Brilliant. So, at the beginning of this week, I had one of those conversations, it was by email, that every single preacher dreads. It goes along the lines of, Martin... What shall I preach on this week? And it ends with those terrifying, spine-chilling words, your choice. (laughs) Where do you go with that? So, um, each evening and morning, uh, Mark and I uh, read the scriptures together, we pray together, and uh, commit the day or the night to to God. And um, I'll be absolutely honest with you, 90, probably 96% of the time, 
I couldn't tell you 10 minutes after we finished what the scripture was we read that morning. But every now and then, something sticks, and it really sticks. And this we read mm, 10 days ago, something like that. And it's just kept coming back to me. And I thought, okay, we'll go with this. So, um, yeah, it was one of those days when I, I was thinking, I don't think I can do this, Lord. This is kind of really difficult. And people aren't doing what I thought they'd do. And it's not working out. Um, but it's, it's, it's often then that God really talks to me. And... Um, I know that whenever I read any book from the Bible, I think, oh, this is my favorite book. And then I go on to the next thing, the next book, and I think, oh, no, this is my favorite book. But actually, Daniel and Revelation are both books that speak to me really, really vividly and have done for many years. I don't really want to concentrate too much on the Daniel passage. It is rich and it is beautiful. And Daniel is one of the most amazing books And it has deep meaning for us today. And um, I would say to you, if you're wondering, what shall I study this this Advent? What shall I take with me? Have a look look at the book of Daniel. Buy yourself a couple of easy... Tom Wright's always really good. Um, He makes things very easy to understand. If you can get something by Tom Wright or by... um, I forget, but I'll remember later... Um, they're a, good, a good, easy entry author is Tom Wright. So if you can get a commentary by Tom Wright, it's worth having a look. Um, and I keep finding, every time I open my Bible, I find these words about being strong and courageous. And perhaps when we then look at the Revelation passage, we can realize why we need to be strong and courageous. Revelations. <clears throat> The most difficult book in the entire universe to understand. Or is it? Now, I'm not going to give you a lecture on the symbolism of the colours and the theology of the vision. You can pick up a million commentaries that will give you that. Um, And and it's good stuff and, you know, it's life-giving and all the rest of it. I, I will just refer to one or two bits that throw light on the meaning of the passage. But what I really want to tell you about is what this passage means to me, why it is such an amazing, life-giving passage. Um, So to start unpacking it, prophecy in the Old and the New Testament often has three meanings, three uses. It's for the time that it was given. Don't forget, John's visions were given when the church was being really badly persecuted. To become and declare yourself a Christian could mean death, and not just in a nice way. I mean, it was, you know, thrown to the lions sort of death, nasty death. So it was to encourage the people then. And secondly, it's often got a meaning for us here today. God's uh, word is alive and speaks to us today, and we can understand parts of our lives through the word of God, or all of our lives through the word of God. And thirdly, prophecy is often looking forward 
to the time when Jesus will come again. And so it throws some light on that for us. But today, what I want to focus on is what it's saying to us here today in um, Waterslave. I nearly said in Chatham, but we're not in Chatham, are we? So, Revelation, the book of Revelation, begins and ends with Christ. The whole of Revelation is framed by Christ, who appears in all his power and generates infinite hope. So in chapter one of Revelations, uh, Jesus is presented as the son of man, the living one. He says, I died and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. In other words, in the form of the risen one, the risen Lord Jesus Christ, he has the power of life and resurrection. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. And in the same way, and a bit like an echo, the final vision in chapter 22 of Revelation takes us to the same figure, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So, to bring Revelation down to my level of understanding, everything begins with the resurrection of Christ and looks forward to the hope of his return. Simple. Revelation in a sentence. But if we want to get into this passage and what it's saying to us, often the best way is to say, what's the questions here? What, what was the author wanting to tell us? What questions is it provoking in us? And for me, there's something about how can we see God? How can we see Jesus? An Old Testament tradition tells us that the mystery of God was so great that they concluded that you could simply not see God and live. People were terrified of the idea that they might see God because they would therefore die. And in Genesis at Bethel, Jacob shudders at having encountered God, though only in a dream. And later, after struggling with God himself, he's surprised to still be alive. He says, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. Samson's parents have the same kind of reaction in Judges. We shall surely die, Manoah says to his wife, for we have seen God. And the message that has been absorbed is that access to God is difficult, if not downright impossible. But clearly, as shown by the fact that neither of these people that actually died, it seems to me that as we're told, Moses spoke face to face with God as a man speaks to his friend. And it seems to me the agenda here is that God wants to be known by his people. He wants to talk to us. He wants us to talk to him. And it's in that context that Revelation 4 can be understood. Yes, clearly, Jesus is here holy and transcendent, terrifying even. But in John's revelation, he is making himself known 
God wants us to understand. So who is it in this passage that God is speaking to? And this is the only bit of symbolism I'm going to go into. The number four in the Bible represents the whole world. Do you remember when people thought there were four corners to the world? That is everybody, every living person, all. All are included, and that's really important. God's message, the message of Jesus Christ, alive and with us, is for every single person on earth. Why is that important to us here today? Well, since I've been in Chatham, which, as Mark reminded me yesterday, you're coming up for the six-month mark, um, I've been struck by the depth and level of spiritual warfare here. People walk. If If you watch people as they walk, they're often with their eyes down to the ground. People are in the grip of addictions to alcohol, to gambling, to drugs. It's easy to believe that hope has packed its bags and left Chatham. It makes me really sad to hear people talk about Chatham as a dump. And even people whose families have lived here for generations will tell me about how awful they are, people in Chatham are, and how awful Chatham is. Someone actually told me that the word chav was born in Chatham to refer to people who live in Chatham. I was horrified. But do you know what this passage in Revelation tells me? It tells me that there is, yes, of course, spiritual warfare happening, and we need to take it seriously. But it also tells me that the battle is won. It tells me that there is hope. It tells me that Jesus did defeat death. It tells me that addictions and sorrow and family breakup are not the last word. It tells me that there is work to do in Chatham. And so we're back to the Daniel passage. Do not fear, my translation is slightly different from the one you had up. Do not fear greatly beloved, it says. Greatly beloved. This is God referring to us, talking to us. Greatly beloved. You are safe. Be strong and courageous. So there's work to do, my friends. We are on the battlefront. As in the Revelation passage, the doors, though, are wide open. God is calling people to Chatham. I know that might sound quite amazing, but the call for Mark and I was undeniable. We tried, we tried going in the other direction, but, but actually the call was absolutely undeniable. Matt, who's, I'm sure I've seen here, yes, there, trying, trying to hide. Matt, who will be our worship leader at St. John's, has been called to Chatham. Uh, Today, we are able to announce Stephen Renshaw from the Church Army, who has lived his whole life in Newcastle and Sunderland, is leaving his home and his family, his grown-up children, behind in the northeast and coming to Reading. And I spoke to him this week, and I was trying to tell him it can be quite tough in the in the, uh, you know, on the ground here. And he was going, Carol, I'm so excited. I know God has called me here. We have got Madeline, a beautiful, beautiful priest 
who's been called here from Sweden. I mean, it's just incredible who God is calling here to Chatham. It seems to me there's a bit of a perfect storm brewing. And, um, yeah, just to tell you about doors opening, um, I, think, I think it was Helen suggested to me something about the Tap and Tin, and it, my, my mind was going, Tap and Tin is a nightclub. It's quite a rough nightclub, I understand, but right by St. John's. Anyway, I phoned up. <laughs> the prop- oh, well, I, no, I tell a lie. I sent him a message because I couldn't find a phone number. I sent him a message on Facebook. It's the only way that, that I could have a chat with you. And he phoned back within moments and said, yeah, let's, let's chat. And he was so open. And it looks like, we haven't got a definite yet, but it looks like we're planting on the 7th of January a church into the tap and tin. I mean, talk about opening doors. It's absolutely incredible. I've been round there a couple of times. Madeline, bless her, even invited John the proprietor to become a Christian and join us. <laughs> I just thought, go girl. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I went, I went to meet Jay, who's the manager of the Pentagon. And he said to me, uh, is there any way you could do us a carol service next year? And I thought, are you serious? And, and, and I said to him, I don't do interfaith carol services. You know, Christ will be mentioned. It will be proclaiming that this is the birth of Jesus Christ. And he went, yeah, that's fine. I thought, whoa. And then he said, and would you like a shop uh, for 12 weeks at cost? We'll, there's no rates no business rates, just what you spend on utilities. You can have a unit for 12 weeks. If you want one for more than 12 weeks, would, and you don't mind moving, we'll just move you along. So if you, if you fancy coming volunteering at the Pentagon next year to man this shop we've got, if you've got ideas what you'd like to do with it, please come and talk to me. I mean, it's what an open opportunity. It's absolutely incredible. And I don't know how it's all going to unfold, this perfect storm of God's. We're having to trust Jesus. We're having to just walk a bit blind, really. But when you look at the picture in Revelation, you kind of get the impression he's got this. You know, it's kind of a big, big picture, isn't it? So there are people of peace here, opening doors, welcoming us in. And we are the bearers of light we have something so incredible to offer. And forgive me, Martin, I'm not necessarily talking about Sunday services. I'm not even talking about introducing people to theology or doctrine. I'm talking about the one who sits on the throne and lives forever and ever. I'm talking about the one who sits on the throne where there are flames and flashes of lightning and thunder and where there's a rainbow that looks like an emerald. It's that amazing image, a rainbow that looks like an emerald. I'm talking about introducing people to the God who wants to make himself known, seeing where his story and their story intertwines. It's about Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega, taking the hurt and the lost and the lonely in his arms and telling them he loves them. And it's not about hoping they'll find us or waiting for them to find us. It's about going out and finding them. 
It's about being willing to walk alongside them in their difficulties and showing them that they too are beloved of Christ. For us, as for them, it begins with the resurrection of Christ and looks forward to the hope of his return. I believe we are all being given such an incredible opportunity in Chatham. The church in Chatham is not dead. It is very much alive. God is on the move and is inviting us all to be part of it. I believe we've been given a commission to serve the people of Chatham, to bring light and life, to replace the despondency and the gloom with hope and joy. Our vision for St John's is just that, to proclaim loud and clear that Jesus is alive and is here today. And we're right in the middle. We've got the the bus station, the railway station, the high street. We're right in the middle of everything. Our vision is to be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the people of Chatham to serve them, a worshipping, missional community, serving Christ and bringing light to the community. And we will need every single ounce of that courage that was spoken about in the Daniel passage. We can only do this with God. And there are lots of ways to be part of it. You can pray for us, either regularly or as part of your own quiet times. Or um, we go out every Saturday morning at 9.30. We meet outside the Emmaus Church Centre and um, we wander around for half an hour and we pray. And sometimes we engage with people and sometimes nobody really wants to engage with us. And we, we just pray. And we've gone up to St John's, we've gone outside the Tap and Tin, gone to the bus station... I think you went to the railway station one time, didn't you? So we're going all around covering uh, Chatham in prayer. And we do it for half an hour. I'm quite strict about that because then we go for coffee, which is really nice. But the thing is, then it's not too threatening. It's only half an hour, half an hour on a Saturday morning. We're there every Saturday. You're very welcome to join us. So, or you can come and be part of our missional worshipping community. Uh, as I say, we're starting off at the Tap and Tin, not where you'd expect to do church, but it's an exciting place to be doing church. I said to John, I could offer you free chaplaincy. <laughs> and he went, yes, please. I thought, oh, <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> So you can come with us, either for particular events to help us staff the Pentagon, or if you fancy doing chaplaincy to a lot of drunk, spaced-out teenagers on a, on a Friday evening, you are more than welcome to come and join us doing that. Um, or you can give financially to St. John's. I have uh, had this dream, it's, you know, things keep dreaming, coming, appearing, and I thought, actually, what we need is a drug and addictions worker. And we don't have the money for it. So, um, you know, part of testing that is, does God provide for us? Will God provide for the money for that? So if you fancy giving towards that or giving to the project, please feel free. But most of all, we need your prayer support. So please keep us in your prayers. Keep us in your thoughts. Um, There will be a commissioning service, I understand. But I don't want to steal that thunder. On the 31st here, um, for those that are going out, um, 
partly to make sure you can't come back here without being really embarrassed. <laughs> but you'd be very welcome to join us. Um, and I think that's all I wanted to say. Thank you, Martin. <laughs>